boom, 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 boom. Bang, 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 bang. How, 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 how. How, 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 how. Hey, What is going on, world? Welcome to another week and another episode of the RJO Show. The RJO Show turning 30 this episode, which is incredibly awesome. And I'm very excited about that. And uh, doing it with a good friend and a fellow staff writer from InsideTheStar.com, Jess Haney, who you can find on Twitter at Cowboys Addicts for some hot takes and an occasional Kellen Moore joke, is joining me to talk Cowboys, Dolphins, and all the post-game reaction. Jess, how goes it? Hey, RJ. Glad to be here. I, uh, I bet you are, and I bet you're excited. I know that, um, that you and I have both written plenty of piece for InsideTheStar.com talking about the trials and tribulations that the Dallas Cowboys have faced at um, at the backup quarterback position. We've been unfair, might be a bit harsh, but we've been logical when it, it's come to that position, to Kellen Moore, to the approach. And it seems like all of our troubles are behind us, wouldn't you say? Well, I think like you wrote about a few days ago, it seems like the Cowboys have almost stumbled into something really incredible with Dak Prescott, um, I mean, at this point, it, we're not talking about who the number two quarterback is. We're thinking, are they even going to keep Jameel Showers? Are they just going to roll with Tony and Dak? I mean, we've gone so far from where we were a few days ago of maybe they should go trade for Josh McCown to yeah. where we are right now. It's crazy. No, it is. And so we're reacting to uh, the Dallas Cowboys' second preseason game of the 2016 season, a 41 41- 14 dominating win the Cowboys get their first win of 2016 first of probably 19 I would say uh over the Miami Dolphins again a 40 burger just is super impressive and like you're saying Dak Prescott you know going into this game sort of the question on everybody's mind was can he do it again he shows up 12 for 15 a buck 99 through the air, two touchdowns, two incredible touchdowns, a perfect quarterback rating, and then he chips in three carries for 28 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, one of which was a 20-yard scamper, the other a Cam Newton sort of, you know, dive over the goal line, not not dive, but you know, jump up and put the ball over. It was pretty cool looking, and this is where I think we have to start. Now you're right. Earlier this week on Monday, I wrote it inside the star.com where we're both staff writers and I said that the Cowboys lucked into Dak Prescott. And it's awesome. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to take away from this. I'm excited about Dak. I'm not a big Mississippi State guy, but hey, whatever. I like the SEC. But either way, you look at the Cowboys and what they tried to do behind Tony Romo this offseason, which I've called arrogant before and, you know, been chastised for. That's fine. But the Cowboys obviously had their eyes on Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, who went 1-2 and two overall. They tried to trade back up into the first round, as Jerry Jones bemoaned about so often after the draft, to get Paxton Lynch, who went to the World Champs. Then they were going to take, this is not up for debate, they were absolutely going to take Connor Cook out of Michigan State with the 101st mm-hmm. overall pick. The Oakland Raiders saved them. They ended up settling for Dak Prescott at 135. And even then... They do you know, all their OTAs, all their off-season preparations. They go to training camp, and their hearts and their minds, their souls, their bodies, all the way down to their toes, were completely and totally set on rolling with Kellen Moore as the backup quarterback. And, I mean, look, Kellen Moore, nice guy, you know, impressive college resume. But him getting hurt could have – and this is – I don't think this is hyperbolic. You tell me if you disagree. That could have changed the future of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I one thing I take exception with to your, your premise about the draft is the same coaches and scouts who liked Lynch and Cook and all those guys also liked Prescott and picked him. Well, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, who's to say that Paxton Lynch and Connor Cook won't end up being better quarterbacks than Dak Prescott 10 years from now? Oh, so, oh no, they're not. Dak is the greatest quarterback of all time. Duh. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Uh, I but you know to me, all of this has worked out to the point where there you're ultimately you're right. There's no way that we would be sitting here with Prescott looking as good as he has, getting the opportunities that he's been given. That's the key thing. He'd be playing behind the same um, poor offensive line play and trying to throw passes to Andy Jones that we've seen from Jameel Showers. If Kellen Moore was here eating up those reps. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that has just been he's gotten the opportunity to play with better players around him and show off. No, I mean, this is – I don't want to say it's unheard of. I do think that that would be hyperbolic. But I think that, you know, a week ago, obviously, I think we all wanted to temper our expectations. We really wanted to pump the brakes. At this point – I now. Yeah, at, th- at this point, I do think that the hype is at least justified. You know, sure. it, w- whether it's real or not remains to be seen, but the hype – is real. The the smoke and mirrors of this, I think, is certainly it's tangible. I mean, the guy has six touchdowns in two preseason games and five incompletions. That's amazing. Oh, he he's been as close to perfect as you could really ask for from any quarterback in what we've seen so far. If he had if he had made that pass where he was like jumping out of bounds. Oh my gosh. I would have I would have sold everything I owned and moved to Texas to be closer to the Messiah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. That was later in the game, in early in the second half, and he was rolling out of bounds, and he 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 jumped out of bounds, and while airborne, still tried to throw back into the the front corner of the end zone, and and almost pulled it off. To your point, and I mean, the guy has this poise about him that, and, and you know. You know, I was I talked about this on Ocho Live. I just got off of. I hope you know people watch that. You can go back and find it on my Twitter or the Inside the Star Facebook page. But you know, in in the the history of Tony Romo and the Dallas Cowboys, I don't think that we've ever had a backup quarterback who's ever looked this good, even in preseason. Ever. I, I mean, I think that yeah. I think that's fair. And it's not just his statistical dominance. You know, it's it's not just that he looks incredibly calm i mean he, he looks I, I don't want to say like romo that that is certainly hyperbolic but he looks like he's been there before and you know i think there's a lot to having played in the sec he's played in big time games at one point in time his his mississippi state team was number one in the country so he knows what what carrying that weight is like and maybe that's this this x factor for him but the other thing about it is, is that Dak is a smart guy and he knows you know we saw tonight against the dolphins he sees he's got des bryant one-on-one he's gonna throw it to him you know he doesn't outthink himself and, and i think that 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 is incredible, and so let's just you know live in this this DAC microcosm for for a few more minutes here. Let's rewind to last year, and I'm going to pick three games. I'm going to say the Falcons game, the Saints game, and then we'll go with uh, the Eagles game at home. The loss. If Dak Prescott is playing quarterback there, the Dak we've seen, do the Cowboys win those games? I will definitely give you um, the Falcons and Saints games. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Uh, Eagles game, I'm trying to remember exactly. That was the um, one that ended in overtime with the Jordan Matthews oh, touchdown. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, anything that was 
close. Yeah. Because because we, I mean those games if if we remember even when our bar got set so low last year that the times that Matt Castle and Brandon Weenan barely looked competent it was amazing. We were we, we were getting really excited. Yeah. But I mean they never looked fluid ever. No, I agree and and you know I think you know just thinking about it you could toss out the Bucks game from 2015. That's four games right there that that the Cowboys win in 2015 there's suddenly they're an 8 and 8 ball club versus being 4 and 12 in a division with a 9 and 7 champion. Exactly. And so yeah. this, you know I I think this is very very pertinent to the 2016 Dallas Cowboys. I don't buy the Romo, you know, supremely, you know, injured narrative. I I don't. I do think he's he's certainly fragile, but in and and it's overblown. Exactly. Sure. And so I guess where I'm going with this is I do say I do think that first of all the person who's most thrilled by this is Tony Romo because the the pressure on him has to be enormous you know to to know good God I went down for twelve games last year and my team won one without me you know the <laughs> the pressure has to to be completely relieved for him to know okay if I have to you know a la two thousand fourteen if I I had to miss that Cardinals game Dak Prescott can come in and maybe they don't win but at least we've got a shot and that's all we need so you know. Do you think, and I, I think fans, this is what people really want to know, do you think that the Cowboys can compete in a, in a you know, situation where Tony Romo's down for a small stretch with Dak Prescott in 2016? I think that if you look at things that should be better from last year's team outside of quarterback, um, if our run game is with Ezekiel Elliott as good as we all think it's going to be, and if the defense with Demarcus Lawrence hopefully being the same guy who had seven sacks in eight games last year mm-hmm. over the course of the whole season, Tyrone Crawford, show, who showed up tonight, if he's healthy, if the defense can at least be a little better than last year, then yeah, I think that Dak can come in. And I don't want to sit here and say that he would be as good as Romo or close to Romo, although you know you do start wondering – I think he can definitely at least keep us viable. No, for sure. And, you know, you talked about the run game, and I think that that's where we need to go next. I think that's the the second highest thing that we took away from tonight's 41-14 win over the Miami Dolphins. And I just want to say first that if I had told you on April 28th, after we drafted Zeke and Inside the Star was blowing up and everything, if I had told you that at one point in time in the preseason there would be another rookie who would be just taking the NFL by storm that was not Zeke Elliott on the Dallas Cowboys. Would you have believed that? Because I don't think I would have. I'm a big Malik Collins fan. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing that, that Zeke, you know, you, you bring him up right now, but we're, we're like, you know, eight-ish minutes into this podcast, and it took that long for us to even mention Zeke's name because of what Dak Prescott's done. And, and a lot of that is that Zeke hasn't even played, but still it's amazing. Um, but so let's, let's move on. And, and Zeke was drafted fourth overall by the Cowboys. And, you know, we know that we've talked about that ad nauseum, but the Cowboys also signed Alfred Morris this off season, which I was a big fan of. And tonight he went off. Okay. And, and went off is, is maybe a stretch. In fact, it's absolutely a stretch, but I feel like stretching. So I'm going to stretch. And he had, you know, 13 carries for 85 yards at six and a half yards a carry. Those are Joseph Randall numbers. <laughs> they are, but he, but he had a, an impressive touchdown. He would have had a second touchdown if it weren't for Chaz Green, you know, not knowing how to play offensive line, but that's, you know, we'll get to that in a second. But Alfred Morris, to me, 
just like I feel this sense of peace in in Dak Prescott potentially as the backup quarterback, I feel like if Zeke's got to come off the field, if Zeke gets banged up for a game, we're we're cooking with gas still. We're not skipping a beat. I don't know if that's what you took away from Alfred tonight. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, my biggest takeaway from tonight is I hope Darren McFadden um, is ready has his bag, bags packed. Yeah, because I mean, there's just not room for him now. Mm-mm. No, um, you're right. Morris Morris is gonna. I mean, be more than ready to take whatever carries don't go to Zeke. And if they actually, and they're going to keep Darius Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we saw some nice stuff from him tonight too. Um, so if they keep four running backs, they're only going to do it to keep Dunbar For because sure. of, of the specialty role that he has in the offense. McFadden at this point is just more of the same. And they rode him into the ground last year. No, you're right. And, I do think it's unfortunate for Darren McFadden that he suffered his elbow injury when he did because he hasn't, you know, I'm not saying that he would be out playing Alfred Morrison. I don't think any of us think he would, but he hasn't even had that chance. And, yeah. and, and so just due to circumstance, you're right. He's, you know, he's expendable. And I think that it's easy to sit here and say, well, let's trade McFadden. Let's do it. Let's get a pass rusher. I, I just said this on Ultra Life. If I'm any team, any arbitrary team, there's no way that I'm trading for Darren McFadden. I think it's it's silly, and I think it's just it's hopeful to say, but it's not realistic. No no one's going to give up anything legitimate for Darren McFadden when everybody knows. No no one is going to no one is surprised by his resurgence. Everybody knows that it was a result of this offensive line last year, and everyone knows what you just said. The Cowboys are going to have to blink, and the the you know the math behind this roster isn't going to allow for him to make this team. So everyone's just going to wait for him to get cut. Yeah. Not not only is he redundant, but he's also the guy that gives you the best cap benefit if if he's released. Mm-hmm. I think I think they get back at least two, maybe three million on the cap if they cut him. So I mean, it, he's he's the most likely, other than J.J. Wilcox, maybe the most likely name to be cut. No, I agree by- with you, and, and I agree on Wilcox too. And and you know he had a bad game as well, and that's where I want to go next. But the last thing I want to talk about with the running backs is do you think Alfred has significantly improved from what you've seen and what you saw tonight in the receiving game? You know, he's he's certainly, you know, foreign to it, but I I mean, and he didn't do a whole lot of catching tonight, but I think I think that they have plans for him to use him, you know, in, in that element of the game, and I think he's really good at it. I don't know if that's what you saw. Um, I, I think it, I mean, he certainly can do it. I don't think it matters a whole lot. Um, I think, I think that, um, you know, to me, Ezekiel Elliott is going to get every carry that he's healthy for. Mm-hmm. He's going to get every pass thrown to him that he's healthy and energized and ready to take. Um, I'm not really that worried about what Morris can and can't do. I'm more than confident that he will be able to be, to produce if he's called upon. But I still think we're not we're not headed to a committee. Mm-mm. This is going to be the Zeke Elliott show. No, I completely agree. So let's jump to the other side of the ball, and then we'll come back. We'll flip-flop, you know, because that's fun. And sure. J.J. Wilcox, just, dude. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, just, oh, my gosh. I, I, I have no words, you know, at this point. It, it's... I mean, you know, you talk about, I think it's interesting how Dunbar could potentially make this team because of the specialty role. What does Wilcox bring to this team? I mean, really, that that nobody else does. Wilcox is like the poor man's Roy Williams um, of safeties. Like, Mm -hmm. he he will occasionally have that big hit 
like he did last week against with Pharaoh Cooper yep. of the Rams. Like he'll have that dislodging the ball hit where you go, oh, but then he has so many other plays where you see him totally lost and a guy running past him and you go, oh, <laughs> and he, he makes way more of the uh, plays than the ooh plays. So that's his problem. And at this point, he's a, he's a fourth year player. Um, they've already benched him. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, is it? It's official that Church and Jones are starting, right? That's yeah. that's written in stone. Yeah, just like it is that Dak Prescott's going to the Hall of Fame. Same way. <laughs> yeah, and walks on water. Exactly. No, but yeah. but you're right. I mean, Wilcox is again. I I don't see. You know, like and that's why I used Dunbar as an example. I can see something that Dunbar does that that nobody really does. You could argue Lucky Whitehead if you want, but I mean, I don't. I don't see that with Wilcox. Yeah, he pops the ball out occasionally. Cool. I, I mean, that's a, a very valuable spot. And, and that's where the roster math is. And I know you've done a lot of roster projections at InsideTheStar.com. But the roster math, I don't think, is going to lend itself to J.J. Wilcox making the team, especially based on the way he's played. Tonight, when Ryan Tannehill threw that ball up, we all knew who, who had just gotten beat. We all knew. <laughs> it was J.J. Wilcox. And so I, I just... I mean, based on what we've seen, and it is two preseason games, but like you're saying, Wilcox also has three NFL seasons under his belt. I think in a couple of weeks, he's out of a job. Yeah, and really, for the only reason, only reason he would be kept is if there's an injury to Jeff Heath. Mm-hmm. That's the, that is the only reason, because you've got your experienced backup with Heath. You've got a young prospect in Frazier. They don't. They're not going to keep five. No way. Safeties. You know, the only reason they would do that is if Byron Jones. They thought they might need him at corner, but right now, Carr and Scandrick and Claiborne are all doing pretty well health wise. So unless that changes, you've got your four safeties. Will Cox is out. Well, and he's he's another guy who they get. I think like a million and a half back on the cap if they release. No, for sure. And and, and even if he makes this team, he's not getting re-signed a year from now so his days are certainly numbered although i kind of hate that expression because like aren't all of our days numbered in like to some degree you know what i mean like who has an innumerable number of days in anything nobody you know i don't know maybe dak prescott oh dude touche touche <laughs> all right so let's talk about corner you know you talk about byron i don't think byron's playing corner this year because you know brandon carr i, I think i think brandon carr is like you know, let let's you let's call the, the the three corners the three primary corners. Let's call them the is it Neapolitan ice cream? Is that what it's called? Brandon Brandon Carr. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's the vanilla. Okay, so Orlando Scandrick is the chocolate because he's the best. All right. Now Morris Claiborne is the strawberry because he's the second best. And some actually, I actually prefer strawberry, although I prefer Orlando Scandrick. But either way, he's you know, more exciting. Brandon Carr is by far the vanilla and, and he's necessary for the Neapolitan effect, but, but he's the least enjoyable part of the spoon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I've got you. I, I actually, I was just thinking like of a comparison. It reminds me of, um, when Keith Brooking was here as a linebacker. Oh yeah. Like great guy, great presence, leader, great example to follow. Not all that great on the field. Mm-hmm. That's Carr. He he fills a space on the of the eleven guys on the field, and he doesn't kill you, but he is never going to wow you with anything he does. 
He has not made a single wow play since his first season here with that overtime interception against the Steelers. No, you're right. And and he had a great 2012, but you're right. And and tonight, I mean, you know, the only corner out there making plays, I'm not I'm not being too critical of Orlando Skandrick. The guy is coming off of a missed season, to be fair. But Morris, yeah. Morris Claiborne made some plays tonight. And, you know, it, early in the game, that, that Anthony Hitchens double penalty – play you know that happens because Morris Claiborne gets a hand on the ball and so I think that I was gonna say I think that our starting corners are Orlando Skandrick and Morris Claiborne and I don't know if that was even up for debate before tonight but I think tonight firmly entrenched that for me yeah there's only one guy in our secondary who was ever a top five pick in the draft Morris Claiborne yeah well, actually, so, I mean, it's about damn time. I think <laughs> that I think he was the sixth overall pick. So, oh, you're right, you're right. I'm, I'm mixing him up with Newman. Newman was a fifth, yeah, fifth pick. Either Close way, enough. yeah. Either way, though, the, the pedigree's there, and ultimately, I I defer to that. And so, I think that Claiborne tonight balled out, and and, I, and he balled out against another LSU player. You're talking about the draft. I mean, you know, he locked down Jarvis Landry to a degree, and I think the corner. I've been using the word precarious all offseason. There is a precarious amount of depth. You know what I mean? Like, I'm precariously confident in that Neapolitan combo. You know? Mm. I don't know if you agree. Of course, because you've got one guy with chronic health issues in Claiborne, mm-hmm. one one guy who's 30. Is he 29 or 30? He's, Carr. he's 30. Yeah, he's 30. Skandrick's coming off a major knee injury um, and has – he's had a tendency to get a little nicked up through the years too. Uh, so all three of them have issues behind them. I, personally, I like Olatoye. Oh, for sure. I, yeah. I, I think he is a guy who with more opportunities would blossom. Well, you, um, you know, he played great last week against Los Angeles mm-hmm. and he played okay tonight. You know, he didn't do anything to change that, that opinion. I, I think no. tonight, you know, he, he looks, yeah, he looks like he can be okay, which is what we need. And that's the theme of this whole defense is just be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that and that's all they have to be. And as long as the few guys that you're paying the big bucks to, um, you know, Skandrick, Lee, Crawford, Lawrence, as well, you're not paying Lawrence big yet, but the guys who, who are you're counting on, as long as they show up, they're covered the rest of the way. But they really need for their star players to finally come through other than Sean Lee. For sure. Now, okay, so before we jump back to the offensive side, the pass rush. Is there anything you saw tonight? Shaniel Jenkins obviously had a nice play you know, near the end of the game, but is there anything you saw tonight that makes you sleep better at night You know about this pass rush? Not really. Um, I mean, Jenkins, to me, he's like another Jack Crawford. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and you even see like his best plays have come from – when he's playing inside defensive tackle, which right. is like Crawford, where they move him in and out. Um, he's got that similar size. So uh, to me, they've now got two guys in Crawford and Jenkins who can be versatile, um, who they can move around. And I, I really like that. I think I've already, at this point, I put him on my 53-man roster last week. He's he's pinned in at this point, Well, at least for those first four weeks while Lawrence is out. That's right, and I think that there's going to be somebody, whether it's Shaniel Jenkins or, or somebody else, that makes this team as a benefit of that. And, sure. and and you're right, though. Both Crawfords balled out. Tyrone Crawford had 
I, this was just completely foreign territory for Cowboys fans. A third down sack early in the <laughs> game, which which was amazing. You know, was, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do on third down. You know, stop the other team. It was I didn't know what to do with my hands, but um, it, it was it was great, and and I think that Crawford Crawford combo is is going to be great. I don't know why we haven't called them like crawfish. You know, because there's like a group of them, I, and. I mean, I, I know that crawfish aren't really like in season when it's football season, but still, you know, it bothers me. I'm sorry. That's okay. Let's move um, to really the final element of the team that I thought, you know, was worth talking about tonight. And that was, it wasn't really so much an element as much as it was Bryce Butler. You know, there's been a lot of hype about him, his athleticism, his range, his size, his speed, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he's a cool dude. I mean, he's probably one of my favorite Snapchat follows of, of the current players. But Bryce Butler tonight, three catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown You know, on three targets. He did have a 58-yard catch, which is pretty amazing. And I, I know that we've all said this, and this is sort of not breaking news or anything, but I think that he showed tonight that he is going to take this job away from Terrence Williams. I. Uh- I disagree with you on that, and I'll tell you a couple things. For one, he and Dak Prescott fit each other very well because Prescott throws a better deep ball than Tony Romo. I don't know that I disagree with that. That's a great point. So if so, you know, like that play we saw, um, the the huge bomb. I mean, that 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 about blew me away. At that point, I'm already in love with Dak Prescott. And then the start of the third quarter, I don't even think he's going to be playing at that point. He's still out there. And just on the first drive, boom, he throws. like he. I Look, it was almost, what, 60 yards? 58. That ball was, 58. Yeah. I mean, that is not a Tony Romo throw. And so that's a utilization of Butler's speed that I don't know if Romo can do. So when you when it comes down to Tony Romo – and who works with him, how much does his chemistry and trust with Terrence Williams help, you know, keep Butler pushed down a little? This is interesting. So so you think that you're you're not you're not denying that perhaps Bryce is more talented, faster, more athletic than Terrence Williams, but due to Tony Romo's arm strength or, or perhaps lack of arm strength, that he can't properly utilize that element. And since Terrence Williams doesn't have it, that's okay. I think it mitigates a little bit of what makes Butler um, more Uh, dynamic. mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, I think that if all the other elements that we expect to work in the Cowboys offense, which is the dominant ground, excuse me, the dominant ground game, Dez being Dez, Witten being Witten, I think that Cole Beasley is going to have a big year. I, I, I think that, Williams and Butler aside, I'm expecting big things from Beasley because I think that he is going to start. He's going to start emerging as Romo's like second security blanket. I I was literally thinking. I, w- I was going to say I was afraid to, but I was I was going to say that he's going to become the new Jason Witten in that in that vein. Although I don't know that I totally believe that, but he's just he's just faster. He's just more athletic than Witten these days, and so the the likelihood of him being there and being open is is larger. And so you're right. I do think that Cole is just going to eat up the middle of the field. I mean, just just right. all day long. Because and what, and what what I'm getting to with that is that. All, if all those things are working, 
then Terrence Williams and Bryce Butler, whoever's out there with them, is going to have single coverage. Right. So if Tony is healthy enough that he can at least get the ball out and put some zip on it, then maybe we do see Bryce Butler start to emerge more, have plays drawn up for him. Um, but, you know, Terrence Williams is not without his own highlight reel as a cowboy. For sure. But his highlight reel is dependent on Tony Romo. That's the thing. I mean, say, say for one game last year, you know, with Kellen Moore. But, I mean... I think that what this boils down to, because I agree with you that Bryce Butler is certainly a better deep threat, and which is obviously reliant upon a deep ball thrown excellently, which Dak Prescott does well because he does everything well. He's the greatest person to ever live. But I mean, the the touchdown that Bryce had, it wasn't it wasn't a back shoulder type throw, but it was kind of a one on one go get it type thing. And in that situation, would you rather, with you know, with it's Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, Jess Haney? Would you rather throw that ball, that pass, to Bryce Butler or Terrence Williams? And I think the answer is still Bryce Butler. I think so. I, I guess it really comes down to, you know, we can't underestimate how much several seasons and all those times in, in Oxnard and at Valley Ranch um, of throwing balls to Terrence Williams play in Romo's mind mm-hmm. in terms of trust. You know, he's he's played with Bryce Butler for a few months. No. He's played with Terrence Williams for three four or this will be his fourth off season. No, I agree. And I mean I, I think that if anything tonight, that was the the thing we we walk away from. I mean, obviously you and I were, were in unison this whole way, step by step until the very end. That's the thing that's still up for debate. And it's that's a good problem to have, ultimately. Oh yeah. And so I'm excited about it. So Give me before uh, before we let you go, Jess. Your your let's go your top three takeaways that weren't you know not necessarily super obvious. And then how much, if it did, this game changed your opinion, good or bad, on the 2016 Cowboys. So first three takeaways, non-obvious ones. Uh, let's see. I would say non-obvious. Um, Chaz Green. I hope people were paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't have told me Tyron Smith wasn't out there for most of those first team reps. Yeah, based based on the pockets that were being formed, based on the run game, and and the way it was going, uh, he did have um, one bad penalty, but I mean he, that was a massive improvement for sure from last week. Yeah, we he, we he deserves so much credit. Yeah, for. week to week. I mean he. I think you're right. Week to week, he, I don't know if anybody improved more. You know, made a bigger jump from the Los Angeles game to the Miami game. I mean, oh, by the way, I just realized the Cowboys played two pretty great low locations. I know they didn't play in Miami, but those are two of the like hottest spots in America: Los Angeles and Miami. That's pretty cool. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Chaz Green, I think made the biggest jump. So that's a good one. All right, uh, I'll say that I'm a little worried about our um, fullback spot mm-hmm. because I don't I don't see where we're getting that great um, lead block, which for some runners like it, it works it works depending on the defense you're going against mm-hmm. and that and that's one of the things that, I really would love to see a fullback in there, and I know Rod Smith was out 
um, tonight uh, dealing with some sort of infection issue. And hopefully he comes back. But, you know, I almost, I've always found that it's almost like against um, certain defenses that that two tight end single back formation, it works better. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be defenses who, depending on the way they play their gaps, you're going to want that guy coming up out of the backfield bringing that punch with the lead block. And that's something that I really want to see. If we're going to rely on the run game the way that we've talked about, I really want to see that before the preseason's over, that we've got that guy. And to me, if it wasn't going to be Rod Smith or Keith Smith, I thought it was going to be James Hanna. Mm-hmm. Who, but now it's looks like he may not be available um, to start the year. So I'm, I'm worried about that. No, that's a great point. And I think an interesting one because whether they do keep showers or not or Darren McFadden or a fourth running back, I think the spot's going to be there to keep a fullback, whoever it is. And I, I wasn't totally confident in that a couple months ago, but I think that there is going to be that spot. So what's the third takeaway from, from all-knowing Jess Haney? <laughs> um, I would say, lastly, that we really, really need uh, Demarcus Lawrence. For sure, to to show the hell up this year. Yeah, um, he. I mean, last year it went underrated how well he was doing. Like I said, he had seven sacks in the last eight games of the season, and it really went unnoticed because by that point nobody was paying attention to our season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was. I mean, he was there. The numbers were there. If he. I mean, this is year three for him. We we've always talked about third year players. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to miss four games, but that's not a big deal. If, if the 12 that he's active for, he can be that guy. If he can have 10, 11 sacks in 12 games, which is reasonable based on the rate of production from last year, then that will change this defense. Yeah, no, I agree. And I don't even need it to be sacks. I just, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. He needs to, you know, justify the trade up for him and the patience for him that we're going to have to have. We don't have a choice, but he needs to cause some some pressure and, and wreak some havoc and force some turnovers. However, that happens, and because it's not going to happen, because it starts there. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I'm, we we can. I mean, it's almost like we talked about with previous backup quarterbacks. We we get a little excited when we see one little glimpse of this or that or the other from a Shaniel Jenkins or a Ryan Russell. Mm-hmm. That is not. That does not mean that they're going to carry us <laughs> to to anything. In terms of our lo- our long term goals for the season, no, I agree, and these are uh, these are wise words of wisdom, and um, and I hope Demarcus was listening. I bet he's our number one listener of the RJO show. So, in closing, Jess, how did this affect, whether positively or negatively, your viewpoint? And by this, I mean tonight's forty one fourteen trouncing of the Miami Dolphins. By the way, Dolphins, the least intimidating mascot in the National Football League. How did this trouncing? affect your viewpoint even if it didn't you know it didn't have to affect but how did it affect your viewpoint of the 2016 dallas cowboys i would like to propose that a seahawk is the least intimidating mascot because it's not a real thing i'm more i'm more afraid of a seahawk really not i'm just saying but go ahead all right dolphins are smart um touche (laughs) but no i i would say that tonight was big in terms of if this happens then confidence um we're more confident than ever about Dak Prescott. We're more confident than ever about Alfred Morris. We're more confident than ever about Chaz Green. <laughs> so, I mean, just this was a big night for these guys who we may be looking at to take on key backup roles to show that 
they can step in. I think we all have pretty good confidence in the starters. Mm-hmm. The cow- the Cowboys are like the ultimate if healthy team in mm-hmm. the NFL right now. For sure. And and I think the whole NFL knows that. But so I think this was a big night to have a little more confident in the other um you know, thirty one guys on the team. No. And not just the twenty two starters. I completely agree with you. And and especially at such important positions, you know, season-changing positions. We saw that a year ago, obviously. And so I think that that's the one message, the one mantra that you're right, we take away from this victory is confidence. And I'm cool with that. And uh, I'm cool with you. I thank you for coming on the RJO Show. You're going to be writing a whole bunch about this this week at InsideTheStar.com. We both are. And, um, you know, maybe you write about that. Title of the post, confidence. You know, everyone can look out for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Hey, you can follow Jess on Twitter at Cowboys Addicts. What's the story behind that name? You just came up with it? Just liked it? It was the name of a old failed website. Well, I mean, I knew that, but I, you know, Jess Haney deserves his own Twitter account too. But Cowboys Addicts is where you can find him and make sure you read his and mine and all of our great teammates' works at InsideTheStar.com. Jess, thank you for coming on the RJO Show. Thank you, sir. And all the darkness falls away If you feel the way I feel And I believe we have the answer That I've been searching for Cowboys Nation, I bet you're so stoked to read about how the Dallas Cowboys destroyed the Miami Dolphins on Friday night by a score of 41-14. to The best place to do that in the whole wide world of the internet is InsideTheStar.com. At InsideTheStar, we have quality analysis, game previews, game reactions, player profiles, bold predictions, and everything else that you can think of. But the best thing about InsideTheStar is that we cater specifically to you, the voices of a nation, because you are who matters most. You can check us out on the web, InsideTheStar.com. Don't forget it you can find us on twitter at inside the star dc like our official facebook page where i do my ocho live streams every week on our facebook live feed find us on google plus snapchat instagram and everything else you can think of this is going to be an insane and such a fun ride in 2016 with the dallas cowboys and we want you to be a part of it with inside the star.com let's get back to this episode of the rjo show Lawrence and the Machine bringing us back here on the RJO Show. It is a late night edition. We are recording this right after the Dallas Cowboys 41-14 win over the Miami Dolphins in the second preseason game of the 2016 season. It was exhilarating. It was thrilling. It was exciting. It was satisfying. It was everything and everything that I wanted it to be. I just said everything twice, but it's really late, so I'm okay with it. And I specifically chose that song because they say it's always darkest before the dawn. I'm just going to say it's always darkest before the dawn. All right, that's what I want to say. And I know that doesn't really make sense because it's implying that darkest is a bad thing and that dawn is a good thing. But like I said, it's late. You know, we're going to roll with it. And it's going to be cool. Thank you so much to Jess Haney for coming on the RJO Show, my fellow staff writer at InsideTheStar.com that you heard about in the break there. You can follow him on Twitter at CowboysAddicts. He's hilarious. He talks a lot about Kellen Moore, like I said, and he's uh, he does a lot. He does a great job putting together 53-man roster projections, and he's going to be doing it a lot more through the rest of the preseason, and I bet he gets a whole lot of them right. 
And the final 53 is going to be really interesting based on what we saw tonight. Obviously, Dak Prescott was uh, the guy that stole the show. But, I mean, it is going to be interesting to see whether this team does keep Darren McFadden. It's going to be interesting to see if they keep Jameel Showers. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the pass rush. And the good news is we got a lot more football to decide. Next week's game against the Seattle Seahawks is going to be really telling in terms of, you know, what they plan to do this season. We're probably going to get to see Ezekiel Elliott, and that's going to be really exciting. And I know that none of us can wait for that. And, um, I mean, guys, it is football season, man, and it is incredible. And uh, the regular season is approaching. I've been tweeting a lot about this and talking a lot about it. I have an official NFL Pick'em pool. It's called RJO Show slash Ocho Live. And all it is is you go, you pick the winner for every NFL game every week. It's real simple. Free, easy to enter. And um, I will say, though, that I added a bit of a challenge. You pick based on the spread, that week's particular spread for that game. And the winner, like I said, it's free. The winner gets a free NFL jersey of their choice. You tell me what jersey you want. I get it for you. You're happy. I'm happy. Hooray. Awesome, right? So go check it out. I'll tweet the link out a couple times. If you want the link, just tweet at me, at RJ Ochoa, or you can find me on Facebook. You can get at me at the Inside the Star Facebook page if you need to. I'm everywhere. I'm like the night. But um, it is the night here for me in San Antonio, Texas. And I hope that you're enjoying these uh, immediate reactionary podcasts to the Cowboys games. If you are, let me know. If you're not, let me know. If you want to say hi, let me know. I like saying hi. And this is going to be something we're going to be doing all season long, except it's going to come on Sunday nights. So imagine Sunday night football. After that game, we'll do Ocho Live. We'll jump in the podcast booth. We'll talk about it. We'll podcast it. And we'll put it out. It'll be awesome. Even if the Cowboys don't play on Sunday night football, we'll be doing it then. That's going to be the uh, the set tradition. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, I'm so, so excited for the 2016 season, even though we're already kind of in it. And I'm so grateful that you're letting me be a part of your experience with it and that you're, you know, you're using the RJO show as your experience with it. It's just an incredible ride. And I'm so, so grateful, so blessed, so happy. And, uh, you know, my heart is full. My heart is really full. It's 41 points full after what the Dallas Cowboys did on Friday night. So any questions, comments, concerns, or like I said, you want to say hi, hit me up at RJ Ochoa. Check all of us out at InsideTheStar.com. You can get to Jess at Cowboys addicts on twitter and uh we're gonna have a lot of great stuff coming out this week a lot of dak reaction alfred morris reaction general reaction i've said the word reaction too many times you know how when you say a word a lot and it sounds weird the word reaction sounds weird to me now but hey that's how it is thank you for checking out the rjo show and for checking out ocho live and for uh for being a part of this fun ride i appreciate it so much more than you know i will talk to you next week on tuesday my good friend jimmy jalsethna will be on the show to talk about general nfl storylines and whatever's going on in the wide world of the national football league and uh you know i'm sure we got a lot you know that's how it is it's a lot on the, our plates, a lot to talk about, and we'll do it. So we'll do that, and then we'll be back next week after the Cowboys-Seahawks game for the same old song and dance. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for checking this episode out. Everybody, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Find me on Ocho Live on Monday at 3 p.m. Central Time on the Inside the Star Facebook Live feed or my own personal Periscope account. I'll see you then. Have a great weekend, as always. Go Cowboys. And peace out. Oh, what's he gonna do? You wanna get?
get down? Tell me, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? What you gonna do? You wanna get out? What you gonna do? You wanna get out? Tell me. Standing on the wall Get your back up off the wall Tell me